Bro, 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 bro. Daniel Bryan is the 9-11 of WrestleMania 30. <laughs> it's a joke, right? Oh, but yeah. out of context, that shit sounds terrible. Heel Nakamura is best for business. The uh, Nutcracker Prince or whatever you want to call him. I'm <laughs> all great. About, I'm all about That's it. That's a t-shirt. Well, he was right about this. Well, of course he was, man. He also predicted three other things to happen with that same prediction. Like... Bro, 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 bro. Say hello to the bald guy. And bow down to your king. This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome everyone. Thanks for stopping in and checking out what we do. I, of course, am Mike Shooter Marcus. And with me today, not as always, for a special guest appearance. Not that special. We... <laughs> we went into the woods. We hunted down that motherfucking Bigfoot. Dude, listen. All right, Bigfoot Bigfoot has some pretty dope-ass parties. And when you don't feel like partying, nice little chill pad. So don't... don't. Yeah, but, you know... So it's so... I mean, Mike and I have been discussing how this was, like, possibly against your will. But are you saying that, like, this Bigfoot molestation is kind of okay with you? <laughs> well... Um, to just go full bore in and not <coughs> stay, uh, uh, PG, um, it's actually not rape, it's consensual, and it's a hangout time, <laughs> it's not actual sexual activity, so, um, oh, man. contrary to popular I wish belief Mike was that here Mike right now because he would have clearly just yelled consensual penis and end his voice. <laughs> Maybe we can get a sound bit on that. <laughs> I'm gonna work on that, work on that, um. So anyway, a little different, uh, it is with me today, the one and only high-fiving motherfucker, AJ Spurgeon. Had a little uh, little bit of difference in the recording schedule, I'm hoping to get King of Nerds in on this, but had to split some things up and hopefully it all works out. I got craziness going on in my life right now. Apparently you do too and so does uh, the King, so hey, we'll, we'll get it put together one way or another, right AJ? That is uh, big facts. <laughs> but what would uh, that is what we do? Are you and, and I figure I'd ask because I, I do a lot of jumping the gun in here and uh, and uh, talking about stuff that maybe you guys have already talked about. Uh, but today you don't listen to the show religiously. I I, <clears throat> I I am I am behind. But me and the girlfriend got <laughs> got caught up. We're only two back. She's actually one back. I'm I'm two back. And, um, <laughs> but, cause, but she always listens to him on her drive down and shit, so she gets to knock out a bunch of time on there. Um, but if those who don't know, today, uh, i.e., a couple of days ago, uh, is our one year break off. You know, this, yes. this week. Yeah. Well, it's. This week, it's this week. Let's see. It would have been Wednesday, so it, it was, was August 1st. 1st. was yep. the official Super Kick Party Day. So we would have officially left uh, the high and dry spot. It is high and dry. Uh, with right said Ed, uh, the radiant one himself, what, uh, in the dust. Can we go ahead and just put, just break the fourth wall and like talk about how he follows us on uh, us on Instagram? Like, why? <laughs> why? 
Because jealousy. Yeah, but I won't listen. If if I and now granted, when this shit started to go down in the first place, I guess we're just gonna. I'm 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 totally breaking your schedule. I I do apologize. We had a, had a fallout. Had a fallen out. It was really me that had the fallen out with him because I let him borrow money and ask for it back like a normal human being. It, it's and, a lot. Look, to be a hundred percent honest, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. But we will eventually do a show that just explains with the three of us how that all went down. Maybe we'll do it in the next couple of weeks since technically okay, well, the if, if Near Phone Network is almost a year old, so we'll, we'll have to try to get the three at, of us together and do at, that. At least, go at, ahead. at least say this. Um, the way everything happened and the way everything went down um, really put us it, it, um, in, in hindsight and in, honestly at foresight even. like We were able to put this and put this behind us, and we really got the best out of this because without doing that with them, I would have never met you. Um, at least not right, not right, in this capa- right. not in this capacity. Um, me and Mike have uh, kept together, and over the years, we and him me and him went to high school together. Of course, as most people that follow know. And so I just I'm great I'm grateful to be doing this still on this platform, even though it's a lot of me listening and just kind of keeping up and talking about it with you guys as much as work as you guys put in. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't rather be doing anybody else. So that's facts. I agree, my man. I agree. It's it's been an awesome ride, and <laughs> this is kind of breaking the fourth wall too. And we'll get into this in the uh, maybe in that special show I'm talking about. But uh, that amazing. It's been like a year longer, almost a year longer than we were even associated to four. Well, the three of us together with the fourth at the high spot. It hasn't been one single argument. No, not, not, that's the thing is like (laughs) everything we've done has been compromised on what we can do to accommodate somebody else's schedule. You guys have been, you guys have busted your ass, especially you uh, putting this together. I mean, you bringing Mike in, I think was honestly a low key, one of the best things we've done together here. And, Oh, a hundred percent. You know what I mean, and and it's been it's done something that it, it puts you in a position to where it's 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 hosting it and, and co-hosting at the same time because it's obviously it was your show to begin with, but putting you guys as as uh, personalities together, I think was awesome. So, hey, Mike already said he's riding my coattails to the end, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, man. We I just I, it's it, we have chem, we have good chemistry, you know, and you and you guys do stuff great together, and your production. Has been. I mean, I'm kissing your ass hardcore out of the gate on this, but that's like, okay. I don't like lie. legit though. Like you, your stuff has gotten head and shoulders better from when the first came in through here. But like oh, I just, you know, I just you ain't kidding. It is. It's it, it's 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 enjoyable to watch and listen to. My daughter is in the back room crying because of Roblox right now. That's what you're hearing. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is ridiculous. Okay, and we'll turn it off. It's okay. I'm gonna turn it off. I'm gonna turn it off. <laughs> so. I guess, you know, we blew each other enough. Uh, let's talk about wrestling, man. Ha <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay, so I, I guess, AJ, I mean, we've got to talk about it. We don't always just sit here and review Raw and SmackDown, but Raw this week, right off the bat, man, the Brock Lesnar show, I mean, a story through the entire episode. He didn't do just one thing. He didn't just come and beat up one person and leave. He actually had lines. He talked. He interacted. I loved it, man. I did, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, low-key, if this would have been the Lesnar, we got at least half of the half of the time he's here. 
I, I, I could have been probably a little more susceptible to not seeing him and not defending the title as much because we had him there talking about he's he fed into what everybody's been saying and it was perfect because everybody's like you know what he just comes there for paychecks and he leaves and he's like I, did you get my money Paul did you right. get my money I right. want my check so I can leave you know uh, and he's going at it like I, I want my steak where's my steak I would rather be home like he is going full fledged and playing this and it's the first time it's really been a heel Lesnar in my opinion on TV like because they yes he's supposed to be the heel but everybody loves Paul Heyman people still pay money to see Brock because he's Kind of like Bigfoot, he just shows up every once in a while, rolls out, and he's gone, <laughs> well, and that's it. If it know? says anything, man, his segments from Monday Night Raw on WWE's YouTube have over a million views already. So, I mean, believe it or not, guys, Brock Lesnar is a frickin' draw. I mean, he gets eyeballs on the product, and that's what they want. But this, man, like... <laughs> People, we don't generally, but I mean, we have our moments, but like, the IWC overall, the amount of shit that WWE gets for people not liking this, not liking that, and then no one wants to praise them or give them the proper praise when they do something right, and this whole segment throughout Monday night was just spot on, and the key points that they had Lesnar hit, it was... Hey, look, he's a bad guy. He doesn't care about you. He only cares about money. He doesn't want to be here. He literally said, I don't watch the show. <laughs> and I don't care what the WWE Universe thinks. I don't care. I don't I don't want to watch the show. I just want to be at home in my ranch. Like, And to me, like, I, let me ask you this. When's the last time that we heard the crowd say, we want Roman? We want Roman. And then between it, yeah. it was Lesnar sucks. Like wow, I that's, mean that's stuff that that only that's only like Roman is usually the only guy that gets out there and gets shit thrown at him like that. And, and AJ, you know, that, this, that is, this was a crowd that earlier in the night was booing Roman Reigns. Yep. You real so we start the night out, Roman getting booed during a promo about Brock Lesnar, and then we get Brock Lesnar through the night, literally reinforcing everything that Roman Reigns is bitching about about Brock Lesnar, and by the end of the night, the fans are cheering for Roman to come out and kick his ass. So this, okay, well, this will split up in two ways, one of two ways. I want to play a little devil's advocate here. Does this change anything, or are we going to see an actual Paul with Roman, uh, or uh, just a Roman heel? Like, Well, something. It's something, I mean, it's feeding into either what they want, and trying to get you to cheer for Roman, but how long does that last? And if it doesn't last long, do they just go ahead and have Heyman turn a heel on Lesnar or turn face or whatever well, it is? That's the turn, thing. Turn like, tweener. And I, I've heard people say that. Well, they don't want Roman heel, so they won't align Heyman with Roman. But CM Punk was a Paul Heyman guy, and regardless of whether he was a quote-unquote heel, the dude was loved by fans. So... Yep. They can align Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. I have these are. I have all these ideas in my head of what I want to go down, man. But this is basically right. this is this is what I like really really see the two the two choices that I would be okay with. I mean, because again, we saw you know Lesnar f fives Kurt Angle out of nowhere and then puts his hands on Heyman. But I mean, so he hits all the like he literally hit all these marks of hey you gotta hate me. 
You, I'm giving you right. every reason to boo me and every reason to cheer Roman now. Plus the fact that I will be off your television without this title. Like, let's get this done. But the thing is, man, like, the two options that I think will satisfy a multitude of people will be either A, what you just mentioned, Heyman either somehow turns on Brock to align himself with Roman to help Roman to win to become the advocate for Roman Reigns and that's not a bad thing because again Roman not much of a talker or at least that's his weakness so let's put Paul with him maybe that'll bring his talking up maybe it'll bring his character up all that the other option here and as much as I I, I don't even want to say I hate to say it because I don't hate to say it I love Braun Strowman, and I'm okay that Braun Strowman won the money in the bank. Believe me. I'm not one of these smarks sitting here crying about that. That being said, the man legit does not need that briefcase. If KO no, somehow finagle his way to win this briefcase, and then after maybe Roman... I don't know. Maybe Roman wins, so he can get the win off of Lesnar. Because maybe we're done. It doesn't even matter who wins, but either way... Somehow, KO comes out with that briefcase, and it, we find out that KO was a Paul Heyman guy this whole time, and he wins the Universal title and walks out with Heyman and the title. Oh, I'd love it. Dude, I'd love it. Either one I of those options because, I'm down for. Yeah. Because the, the reality here is most people that aren't avid WWE fans that are, you know, are like us, that love to talk about it constantly... Um, they're, oh, God, I, I, Roman better win. I, I freaking hate Brock Lesnar. And, and nobody's, the dark horse here is everybody's thinking Braun Strowman. Like, I was even talking to my, my buddy BP. I was like, bro, if they put the match together, KO versus Braun, Braun doesn't need that briefcase. He's going to get a title shot regardless. He's right. big regardless. KO's cashing in SummerSlam. Like, I just, if he, I, I feel like that they put that shit down. He wins if he if and if he doesn't cash in SummerSlam, it's still nice to have a heel have the fucking the the have the briefcase because it's it the heels always it, I don't know it just always does better with the heel and what better heel to have it on than Kevin Owens like I, dude's got a great mouthpiece does he need Paul Heyman not one bit and that's why the move is good because right. people aren't going to be well, like well Roman Roman needs Paul Heyman and, he can't talk and, and that's, that's why they had kept him away yeah but put. KO with him, oh my god, that's going to be fun to watch for six months at least. And again, and that was the other argument I heard. Well, KO doesn't need him because he can talk. Yeah, well, CM Punk could talk. Right. So you have Roman as the equivalent to Brock Lesnar, who isn't a strong talker but can go in the ring. And then you have KO, who is the equivalent of CM Punk, who can do it all. And they both worked as Paul Heyman guys, so I don't see why either one of these would be a bad choice. I think both of them no. would be an excellent it, choice. It, well, and the thing is, it's gonna be an. It's gonna ha- one of those are going to happen because let's face it, Paul Heyman basically just told it. I feel like it's foreshadowing. He's like, I still want to work with you in, in some capacity. I still want to be with you. He was kissing ass to keep his job because he played it off well. Like I, Brock's not coming out. Like I know he's not. And then you could tell when he came out how he just he was good at Paul's just good. You know, he was good at fluffing back up to. To Brock, when we we all knew damn well after he got F five, he was going after Heyman. Whether it was putting his hands on him, scaring the shit out of him, or doing the same thing, it was going to happen. And to me, I, I just feel like it. It's one of the two. Ko is going to win that shit, and he's going to have Paul Heyman with him to keep Paul Heyman around because Brock's going to be gone for a little bit. Or 
he turns and helps Roman, and Roman's gonna be a Paul Heyman guy, which I think is a win-win either oh. way. Yeah, either way, and then <laughs> I guess the other option is Braun cashes in, which I'm okay with. But then there is yep. there's two other options out here that we're not even touching. That is, none of this happens, and Roman just wins, and he's a champ. There's no alignment with Paul Heyman. There's no cash-in. Or, here's the big one. Brock Lesnar wins clean, and he's still universal champ. <laughs> and then Braun. I feel like the only way that this they do this is because Braun's going to cash in that night. I feel like after SummerSlam, and I haven't looked at the dates and seen if Braun's scheduled for anything, but let's just be honest. Um, the the uh, greatest Royal Rumble where Braun beating him like he did. We have another one coming up after Evolution, or is it before? After Evolution, we have the the one in uh, Down Under. Uh, I just I just don't I I feel like to me, and I mean who am I? But I feel like to me, there's no way Brock walks out of SummerSlam champion. Um, rather he gets cashed in on, rather there's a turn and he loses some way, shape or form. I feel like they've been building for Roman to beat him, rather it be clean, rather it be Paul, you know, uh, some type of heel turn, whatever. I just, if, uh, to me, if you want to get the heel heat, you have him fucking cheat to win. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you wanted to win clean, they're still going to boo him. I just, yep, yep. I, I, and that's I why I think Paul Heyman is very, very important at this stage. Yep. It's it's, it's exciting to be able to be... Because ex- me, you, and Mike are all... We're Roman guys. We don't care. We, we like Roman Reigns. It's mm-hmm. nothing against him. It's the booking and the way that he's looked at for said booking because it's not his fault. No. But he does what he can, and he busts his ass, and he's there all the time. How can you knock this guy? Like He does so much. He's there all the time. You know, yeah, the booking sucks. We'll, we'll take that. But the fact of the matter is, I'm okay with Roman being Universal Champion, but I'm tired of him getting booed. I want them to get it right so he gets an earned boo. If he's going to get the heel heat, okay, I'll, so be it. Let him do some fucking heel shit. If not, let him fucking get cheered. But we know Roman wins clean, and they don't they don't get what they want with, with Brock or uh, Paul lining, which is what they say they don't want. But we know that's what they want. <laughs> then they're gonna fucking boo him, and it's and it's just yep. not fair. Like, yep. it, Rum's a good dude. Yep, I agree. I agree. Well, I, some something else that happened this week, AJ. Uh, man, Mike's gonna be sad he missed this part. The return of the Queen. Yeah, Charlotte Flair is back, and fans on the internet aren't sure how to react to the fact that we finally got. You know, Becky Lynch in a title match for, like, uh, if you pay attention to the internet, it's like the first time ever, but, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She was the first SmackDown (laughs) Women's Champion, but, like, hasn't done much since she lost that belt. I'll give it to you. But she's back. She's in the title picture. It looks like things are aligning for People are so happy they don't even care that Asuka hasn't won this belt yet. They're just happy Becky Lynch is there. And here comes Charlotte, who everybody loves, but now she's putting this match, and people were kind of having, I guess, lukewarm reactions to this, where I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Asuka added to this, and even if she isn't, I think I like the idea of Charlotte and Becky and Carmella all in a match together. A lot more than a one-on-one match with either 
Becky and Carmella or Charlotte and Carmella. Right. Well, the thing is, too, with that, like you said with Asuka, I mean, really, they picked a good time. In my opinion, I think it's well-placed. You have Becky going in there. Yes, he's earned it and done that, but I feel like with the, the women's tag team coming on, this could align something for that, A. B, could be Charlotte turning heel. C, could be Becky turning heel. But I think one of them goes an angle on that. I no, she's too loved. But let's 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 let's. The reason I was bringing those up though, Charlotte is such a good heel, and and I love her to death. As she can be a face, she can be whatever, and I don't care. But I prefer Charlotte as a heel. She's so good at it on the mic. She wrecks people. But I just don't know if they want her as a top heel right now. I really think that they're like pushing Carmella a lot. So. And I and I, t- I totally agree with what you're saying, and I agree. Charlotte is better as a heel. She's a good babyface, but she's a great heel. And she's an exceptional heel. When I say it would be a mistake to turn Becky Lynch, in my opinion, turning Becky Lynch heel would be like like turning Daniel Bryan heel or Johnny Gargano heel. Like it wouldn't work. Right. You know, you look on they the other love side. Him. Yeah, they you look on the other guys. side. You look at Raw, and you got Sasha and Bailey, and you know. Wherever that story is eventually going to go, I'm sure that it's eventually going to lead to one of them turning. When we thought that was going to happen a lot sooner, you know, fans were back and forth. Wow. Like, Sasha's the better heel, but Bailey's never been a heel. Bailey turning heel wouldn't hurt her because her character's dead in the water. Becky Lynch is like yeah. a white meat, like bread and butter baby face right now, man. There's no, absolutely the worst thing they could do is turn her heel. I would rather her stay a babyface and Carmella keep this title if that's what's going to keep Becky as a babyface. Does that make sense? Right. No, it does. I mean, and the thing with... Well, the thing that brings up to me is like, they showed, they flash over to Becky when Charlotte wins. It wasn't clapping and happy. She's like, put her head down like, god damn it, I just lost this title match, pretty much. And Becky's been... I won't even say stale as much as they're just... I feel like on SmackDown, they're trying to get everybody involved, all the women involved. They've let them take their turns. You know, they had uh, Peyton Royce and uh, What's-Her-Face who kind of came back in and they allowed Carmella to cash in. You know, then they had this little thing uh, with Asuka. Uh, they've had... There's to share with Naomi and then Charlotte before them. And it's, so it's, it's, it's a way to me, like, I'm okay with the way they've been running on the women's on SmackDown. Don't have any complaints at all. Um... Just the way they, they kind of, they're, I guess the things that they were uh, putting their focus on, where you see Becky back there, and usually Becky's the one like, fuck it, you know what, good for her, that's my friend, I'm proud of her. It puts a little bit easy to the side, and I feel like they always do that for a reason. Now, whether it be for Becky turning or not, I think they plant seeds to make you think Becky does, and maybe Charlotte right. ends up doing it instead. It's a red herring, but, and I think... Yeah, that was the focus. Like, let's focus on her. She's obviously not happy, but it is all going to come down to the fact that Becky Lynch is still a, a, a baby face. She still has those tendencies. So, if the and match she's a plays good out, baby face too. What's that? No, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were finishing. I, no, I'm saying, and Becky's a good baby face. Like right, that's the thing. Like right. you said with with DB when they tried to put him in the Wyatt family, it lasted a week. You know, and right, like, right. Uh, yeah, let's go back. And, and, and that's the thing. Like you take, you take the little things they show, and this is something that WWE does very well. And that's why we can sit here and say, 
you know, they might have been focusing on Becky Lynch to show that she's unhappy and it's going to lead to a potential heel turn. Or they might have been doing it to throw you off and make you think that. And then when, say, Becky Lynch wins the title or causes Charlotte not to win the title, Charlotte snaps and the heel Charlotte comes out. Like, all of this potential, man, and it's just, it's good storytelling. And I'm glad to see. I feel like both shows are firing on some all cylinders, man. Yeah. Heading in the summer. But both, and that's the thing, is with both, you know, uh, whether it be male or female superstars, they're doing a very good job at keeping as many people relevant in their show as possible, whether it be somebody just coming in and, like, we'll get to it, but the the B team, we don't even know, like, what, because bringing the Revival back in, we have these guys, but my point is, the, with having all three of these women in here, Charlotte just coming back, but Charlotte, or, uh, you know, they've done a good job with Mella, keeping her, like, keeping the heat on her, because I think it was all apparent, we all knew that she wasn't being straight up, but it shows that she can play that role. She came out there and fucking just kissed Becky's ass, told her how good she was, right. how proud of that she is to be in a match with her. And we knew it was coming, but it was still, it was nice to see a different layer of Carmella because we haven't seen that. Even the, cause even when she was a babyface as a manager with, uh, you know, Enzo and Cass, she was cocky. She was arrogant. She was basically Enzo as a woman. Right. So we didn't, we've never really seen that side of her. So seeing that is good. I like that they're giving that time to those women that are, that can play both sides, that can act, that, that, that can make you think, like, mm-hmm. maybe not. So, so as a play to that, it's just, I like to see a little bit of uh, diversity between what the characters have, uh, you know, capabilities of doing. Yep. And Carmella, I think, you know, she's not, and she gets heat from fans for not being, you know, a ring general. But it takes all kinds. And that's kind of what I try to. She- get through to people. You gotta get time, man. Carmella's, Carmella only, overall is fantastic. She's so much fun to watch. She's only recently, she's only recently became a wrestler. She was a manager forever. Right, like, right. Th- this there was is a really little, good little, stuff little focus her. on her wrestling and she's, I think, leaps and bounds ahead of where she was when she came in and she's a strong heel champion and I like so, that. Now, to, she can lose this title. It's a nod to Alexa Bliss, really. What's that? You know, same thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. nod to Alexa Bliss yeah, because it, this shit came really in. Is. They was I, not preparing for this. Yes, and I mean, they took what they had and they they worked with it. And I think both these women, I think Bliss is on a different level than Carmella right now. But oh that, yeah, no, for sure. That's for sure. just a just proof that Carmella can get there too. And I mean, they got to have this stuff happen. They've got to be they've got to be seen in the light of a top tier talent to see if they can handle it. And she, I think. She's proven she can handle it, so now they can take this title, do what they need to do with it on some of these other stars, and then they're always going to have Carmella there, lower mid-card on the women's, ready for something else, and I think that's great. Yep. I agree. All right, AJ. Let's take a quick break. Touch on a couple more things when we come back. I want to talk about uh, a little bit about Daniel Bryan, The Miz, maybe some of the awesome work Joe's doing, and... Just a couple things. Maybe a little bit of Summer Sar- SummerSlam card a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we've got a good card. We can't talk about all of it today, but we're definitely going to hit some of the high points. Hang on tight, guys. We will be right back.
Welcome back, everyone. AJ, in your opinion, yes, sir. In your opinion, my dear friend, how amazing is Samoa Joe on promos at this point in his career? Um, from one being Michael Gilcuddy and ten being CM Punk, <laughs> I want to say I want to say a, a twelve. At this point, um, because I mean, let's let's go with CM Punk having a bunch of layers. You know, he uh, the only thing we've seen from Samoa Joe, and this could be looked at as a negative thing, um, if not not in the right context. But this is why I want to kind of lay that out. The only thing we've seen from Samoa Joe is is heel, mm-hmm. and and we know he's been you know he was at TNA. He did his stuff there, but we're, let's not give anybody besides him, Bobby Roode, and, and AJ Styles a lot of credit from TNA because let's... Even Drew McIntyre. But anyway, not the point. Guys like there come over need still a lot of work on the mic at least because they don't get... They don't have like the writers that... And, and, and they don't have the you know experience that they had in WWE coming in with their guys, their experience there as opposed to experience in TNA. He has gotten from a really good heel to a fucking an amazing heel just by putting in his work here. He's already been a ring journal. He's already good at that. He's getting better, you know, if that can be done. He's in the, what, mid-30s, and he's still getting better um, as a wrestler. But his mic work is insanely good. When he... We were talking about this with our MVPs in the chat, and I like to play a little devil's advocate in a lot of things, and I did to uh, Jim, Mr. Best, you know, about not necessarily throwing the nod at Samoa Joe, but fact of it is, man, I don't think there's a better guy on the, on the mic as a heel cutting promos than Samoa Joe right now. Like, dude is, he is, puts his, he puts it in there like he bleeds, sweats, and just everything to be a heel, and it. He is the guy to take the title from AJ Styles. We're in good hands. That's for sure. I agree. Uh, is he that guy, though? You think they pull that trigger? Because, I mean... I don't know. But if there is a time, it's SummerSlam. But if they don't, I will not be upset because AJ is just really that good right now. He has, he has another guy that I mentioned, TNA, coming over. He's Now he's done New Japan, Ring of Honor. He's done all that shit. Not saying, and I don't say shit as in shitty, just shit as in, um, <laughs> you know, just a verb. But um, We know what you really meant, AJ. But my point is, is there anything better than AJ Styles right now? I mean, yeah, Seth Rollins, he's cutting, he's doing his thing, but AJ's been running as a champ. All right, the only thing I want to compare is say, is there anything right now? As a champion... Is there a better champion than Seth Rollins in the past five years, or uh, than AJ Styles in the past five years? Nope. There's not. And I mean, and and because even Seth Rollins cutting it, doing his thing, they were down. The, the ratings were down. They didn't have the guys around them right now to let him go out and because what hurts you as a champion is if you're the only good thing going on. Because if you're a heel and you're only a good thing going on, and they don't like the, the dastardly heel, cunning, fucking cheating, and and you know cowardly acts you do, it doesn't come off well. Even though Seth was amazing at it, but there's nothing else good going on. So when they highlight you and you're the only thing, and most fans don't like heels. Now we're starting to come to an age where that's changing. But 
as as a, a a face champion or a heel, I don't care either one right now in the last five years. Um, and I would have to go through some shit and look, and but I don't even want to do that. My point is, right now, I, I, AJ Styles is on fire. Uh, oh yeah, he, take he the belt off is. of him. It would just be it'd be hard to do, but and, and that's why that's part of the reason I question. And I mentioned before on probably another episode that you didn't listen to uh, when speaking hey, <laughs> speaking with Mike that. While I think Joe could do it and is the right guy to do it, or could be the right guy to do it, let me say that. You know, we got the video game coming out in October. AJ's the cover star. He is the champion. I'd find it hard to believe he doesn't have that strap when that game comes out. That being said, if they wanted to do something shocking, then, you know, Joe could win it at SummerSlam, and AJ could win it back in... I mean, he could win it on a SmackDown if they needed to get it back on him before. I mean, the game came I mean, out. Shit, they that's could do how whatever he won they it. want. They write the damn show. So that's how he won it back from gender was on a fucking SmackDown show. So I mean, it's definitely could happen. Exactly. So I mean, it's not out of the question. I could even like I wouldn't even mind seeing. And this is just me fantasy booking, but like Joe win in such a fashion that AJ is quote unquote on the shelf for a couple weeks. Let this build so we just don't get to the night after SummerSlam and he gets his rematch and wins it back. You get what I'm saying? Let Joe carry yeah. that strap around for two, three, four weeks. Maybe put a few more people on their back for a one, two, three, or choke a few more people out. And then AJ comes back and says, hey, I need my rematch and I need it now. And he wins it back. And then maybe right. we continue this feud a few more matches. I don't think anyone will complain about that either. You could, you could carry this to Royal Rumble, really. You really, really um, could. There's, and there's stuff in between, and the way they book with with Lesnar and whatnot, they could not say put AJ's not the guy that's going to be doing shit like that at least for a few more years. You could throw that back and forth, or even no contest like they did with with Shinsuke. You could do things so well, so many different ways and, to keep the belt or keep them going. And, and that's the thing, you know. People talk all the shit they want about the AJ Shinsuke. You know, first couple, it wasn't what they thought, but, like, the Nakamura heel turn has been amazing for his his main roster career, let's be honest. And, and the fact yeah. is, by the end of their program, their matches just kept getting better and better and better. Yeah. That they final really match they had, fantastic. It's just the homers that don't like, they're just like, don't know who Shinsuke really is. They only know him from this program. So they see this, and they seem like hit him in the balls, where... Okay, in, in Japan, when you are, not not to say it shouldn't in WWE, but more so in Japan, when you give a cheap shot and hit somebody in the balls, it is considered like the most disrespectful thing you can do. So to put have Shinsuke doing that and turn the way he did at the moment he did, that was really fucking good. I mean, yeah. it was the way we were like, yep. you, it made you, I, I love Shinsuke, and I was like, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I thought it was I, good. I that thought it was means great. they did their job. Exactly. Yep. So, continuing on SummerSlam, man, like, I guess we'll kind of wrap this up with the match nobody knew they wanted until a famous Talking Smack uh, episode. <laughs> yep. I mean, we're talking about the promo. We're talking about Miz and Daniel they Bryan. They really put just... Miz back on the map as a, a, a big player. Yes. Really. Absolutely. Like, that 
and it's a shame that this show does not exist anymore, but that segment on Talking Smack literally just took Miz to a whole nother level. I mean, it took him to another level with the fans. It took him probably to another level with the, you know, his co-workers in the back. I mean, just the fact, just the way he handled himself, the way, like, nobody knew if this was a shoot, if it was a work, if it was a work shoot, like, and I still don't know if we have and that, complete confirmation on that, but the bottom but that's, line that's is... that's when it's best. It, it was a match that we didn't know we were even going to get, but we all wanted once that was set up, and now we're going to get it, man, and... I might be more excited for this match than anything on the card just because of the potential for the build, the build. This, and the this potential build has for been down going on for two years. Yeah. Yeah, dude. This this has been building for since they first went back to uh, do, like, right when they switched brand, when they did the branding split. And, and then as soon as they do that, or was that last year? That was two years ago. Am I going, am I going too far back? I, I thought so. Okay. And, and, and they're building this up is something that we all, we were all like, dude, if he ever does, this is going to be a great rivalry. And then it just kind of went away because Miz took off and Daniel Bryan was the, you know, general manager or whatever, or, or um, unable to whatever compete. Whatever his role was. Yeah. He, he was not a wrestler, you know, so we knew like it was only so much Daniel Bryan could put him in matches he didn't want to be in and do stuff, but as far as wanting to punch him in the face, quote unquote. <laughs> Um, there was nothing he could do, and we wouldn't get this. So now that it's coming back to this at SummerSlam, where this pretty much was born right before it was, it was almost the same time, you know, right before SummerSlam, right when the brand split started. So it was like late June, early July. So we're at a point where in August, couple weeks from SummerSlam, two weeks from Sunday, and here we are. And it's, I am so excited for this. The Miz kicks were born. You know, everything he could to do to rip off Daniel Bryan and call it his, he did. And, and nobody's better at that shit than Miz. Like, he's, he's amazing. You know, it, Joe is the type of heel that is very, and he's full of intensity. He's full of anger. He's full of, I will beat the shit out of you and you can't do nothing about it. Miz is just a good, he's a wordplay guy. He, he'll piss you off by making you, he belittle you, making you feel stupid or making you, him feel, you know, superior to you. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. <laughs> you know how much people fucking hate him for that? Right. But it's that he's amazing, you know, so I'm with you. Oh, and this can be traced back to, and see, this is a little harder for me because I think this is during my dark period of not watching pro wrestling, but this can be back, traced back to the NXT, the original NXT when it was more of like a show and not a brand. And right. the Miz was Daniel Bryan's coach. So, how crazy is that? We can totally like, we can totally take this like back as far as we want to go. And I mean, I don't necessarily have confidence that that's going to happen, but we could. And maybe, maybe we don't do that now. Maybe we save this because I don't think. I don't think this is a one and done, and I don't think it's necessarily no. something that we wrap up at SummerSlam and then have to keep going back to immediately. I think this is something that could play out at SummerSlam, and that's just kind of like the slow burn, and then this is something that explodes. Because I'm going to be honest, man, I want a WrestleMania title match between these two. Yes. These two have to fight. Like, if there's not a better storytelling design that's just being handed to them 
by one of these guys, preferably The Miz, being the champion and Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble for the right to fight The Miz for the WWE Championship at flipping 35. Yeah. And, and Miz deserves a Mania title match, whether he be defending or going from winning the Rumble or whatever have it. Because if it's a, what's to say, if it's a guy on Raw and he wins the Rumble then they'll have to put up something to where the guys on SmackDown have a title shot. However this plays out, mm-hmm. having Miz and Daniel Bryan on that for the main you know, the main event, one of the three main events, I guess, and some are saying the way it is, but I, I want it. You know, I, These guys, this story is there. You don't get much better of a story. It's, been, it's had the build. It's been a slow but not painful build. And both guys can wreck it on the mic. They can get you. They can get the crowd amped, and then they can do and tell a story in the ring. So, yeah, I'm all for a Mania title match with those guys, and this building to that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do two things I want to touch on. One still related to this. I, I just find it funny all this talk, all this speculation. Daniel Bryan hasn't signed his contract yet, according to all these dirt sheet writers. And and I just literally read on Thursday that first I read WWE unhappy with Daniel Bryan not signing his contract. And that's why The Miz said working in a gymnasium in front of 200 people and this and that and the other. Which, I, to me, no, that's just, that's them playing off of this. It's not him saying yeah. it because he was told to that's he smart. said working in front of dozens of people <laughs> that's, that's smart like He's that's smart an writing and, and the other thing yeah. is then i see a little bit later on thursday afternoon i see another story where they're saying oh well uh it looks like wwe is starting to give in a some of Daniel Bryan's uh, contract ones because he's working a lighter schedule and they're pulling him off of house shows and giving him less dates and I just sit here and laugh. It's like, this dude probably signed his contract two damn months ago. <laughs> and these right. stupid marks, just because Dave fucking Meltzer can't give them a straight one-on-one answer of yes or no. I, I mean, about a month and a half ago, there was a, maybe about four weeks ago, there was a report from Fightful that said he signed. And everybody was like, no, 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 that's not true. And the guy was like, look, I'm sticking by my source. He's never let me down. And because Dave Meltzer hasn't said it's true, no one believes it. And I'm like, I'm sitting here like, I had, look, they just signed a billion dollar deal with Fox, another billion dollar deal with uh, USA. They're gunning for the Bucks and Omega. They're trying to get all the big talent they can. There is no way in hell they let this dude walk. So if he says, look, I want $2 million for the next three years and I want to work this many dates, they're going to give it to him. Well, this is face facts. He doesn't have um, he doesn't really have a lot a lot of leverage because right. he's okay. He's married. He has a kid now. He's, he's his wife does care. Stays at home and doesn't wrestle now. And does a reality show that he, he also that. gets a paycheck for from that company. Yep. Like and 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 this is the safest place he's going to be. His yes. wife is not going to be like do what you want. She's like, look, he got your dream. This is the only place you're going to be able to do this dream at, though. Like, this is not like. You're, you're a new free agent and you're not sought and you're not sought after because he is sought after but when it comes to being safe there is no better place for him to be at right now than WWE yeah I agree 100 percent and we've talked about this and it's just it makes no sense let's compare okay 
he might have he might have a performance contract at if not seven figures, probably close to seven figures. And then he's probably got a six figure contract for the reality show and a six figure contract for the oh by the way, the other reality show that his wife is on both of. Yep. You're not I don't care. I I'm gonna I'm And gonna his spo- merch sales in fucking WWE you. are probably huge. I, what's that? His merch sales have to be well, one of the top five. And that's the thing. I'm going to spoil this for you, all you little marks out there, or you smarks, I should say. I don't care what he does. He's not making that money elsewhere. No. And he's not going to make that money safely elsewhere. Now, I'm not saying that WWE Cody's is making that money, but... Yeah, not I, I, everybody I, 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 is Cody Rose, and, and I get, like, the right. argument... And that's the argument people try to make all the time, but, like... Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, they're working their ass off on the merch side and every other side of aspect of this. They have so many, so many oars in the water. Okay. Daniel Bryan just doesn't seem to strike me as the kind of guy that wants to put a lot of effort into creating merch, selling merch, marketing himself. He just wants to wrestle, man. Yep. That's all it is about to him. Cody had a chip on his shoulder and he had a point to prove. Yes. Daniel doesn't have that point. Daniel has no, he has no, nothing to prove. He does all of his proving in the ring and his merch sells itself. He's not going to go through that extra work to make just as much. He's not going to yep. do that. Yep. I don't, to, to not even make just as much. And let's be honest. You know what I'm, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm saying best case scenario. Yeah. He's yep. not going to make more. No. Nope. Best case scenario, he makes as much, but he's got to work twice as hard to do it. And merch and, and performing, he's going to have to do twice as much. Um, shows, there's no way he's going to keep the same show uh, schedule as he would with WWE elsewhere and still make the same amount of money. It, it just it does not make sense. He doesn't have anything to prove. The company has not done him wrong. They're keeping him safe. Give him a light schedule. And he makes shit tons of money off of them based on reality shows and everything else. Because if he doesn't go there and he switches off his reality show, if it doesn't completely go away, it'll be minimal. He won't be seeing those big checks. Yep. That shit's yep. not going to happen. Well, and, and that's the thing too. Like, let's be honest here. If he leaves the company, he's jeopardizing his wife's paycheck. Yep. Because if he's working in New Japan and Ring of Honor, he's not going to be on that reality show. And now you run the risk of, well, is this going to affect Bree's relationship with the company? So right. I just, I just, I just don't see it happening. Anyway, look, one last thing I want to touch on. AJ, and we're going to take a break. Uh, I, I saw this literally right before I called you, man, to do this awesome podcast that is Drive-By. <laughs> <laughs> a report, a, a new report, and I think that this is, uh, I think this is Melter again. I could be wrong. I didn't screen cap it, so I don't know, but this is another statement that... WWE is going to end the, their speculation that they might end, and this is Dave Meltzer's speculation, like I said, I'm pretty sure that's where it came from, end the brand split because they're afraid that Fox, they're already afraid that Fox is going to pull their deal because of bad ratings. This is like the most ludicrous like reporting, quote unquote, that I've ever heard. First of all, how do you have a show on two, se- two separate shows, on two separate networks coming in 2019 and 
expect to have the same roster on both shows. It, that makes There's zero no way. sense to me. Because all that's going to do is make SmackDown the show you don't watch anymore because Raw makes more sense to watch. Yeah, what, What's going to get them ratings is... Now, I'm not a marketing guru for any major broadcasting <laughs> companies, but... Not? But what makes what? But hold what on, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Make this. <laughs> you mean you lied on your resume to the Nerfall Network, you motherfucker? Okay. Well, first off, I want to start my three-part apology by saying <laughs> no, no. But I know Bigfoot. I know Bigfoot. That's my three-part apology. But the point of the the brand split is to make sure not just to like let's kayfabe and make sure that's this against this. It helps boost ratings. This is easier traveling. You're splitting this up to where these guys are not flipping around and doing because they're doing SmackDowns, doing their live shows. Raw's doing their live shows. We're not intermingling because sometimes, dude, you got SmackDown in Florida and you have Raw and fucking, uh, you know, up across, you know, Washington, for instance. We're completely on the opposite sides of the map. And if we want to put these guys together and do both shows, you're going to have just so. It's it, the thing is, it's nice to know when you go to a show who to expect to be there. Yeah, you can get those from the from the posters and whatnot, but the brand split is good on so many levels. To think that they want to flip guys and have them on USA one night and then Fox the next, they've done this shit before. Okay, it's well, it's and that's always went back to USA. Didn't matter. Yeah, ex- and, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's always it's always been something that like okay, if it don't work, we'll put them back. But we keep changing it because you want something to work. The brand split is working. You're going to give it, a, you know, a less than a year's time to flip back and develop things to go in there. It sometimes shit takes more time than that, and especially when you're flipping around with a billion dollar deal. I think they bought it because they like it as is, and I think they keep it as is. Do they split? And they're going to make changes between now and then. But the easier thing to do, the smarter thing to do, is keep the brand split. It's promoting. You can pro- like we're 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 a raw. We're with USA. Well, we're on SmackDown. We're with Fox. You know, I don't know if they'll directly come out that way, uh, but it hits good for pay per views. It's good for. It's good. For, I feel like it's good for everybody. Uh, again, I don't have numbers in front of me. I'm speaking completely off of opinionation, and uh, well, I guess we'll talk off air about me lying on my resume. But <laughs> yes, my, we will. My point is. I just feel like that, that that's not the smart move to do business or or just, you know, as a fan. I mean, I'm going to venture to say that the reason that they were able to do these dual deals on two different networks is probably large in part to having separate rosters, separate champions. Like, each show can stand it's on its own. It makes zero sense to bring networks. it back together. Yep. And, and, and what this does for SmackDown, SmackDown's always going to be the two-hour baby, but here's what they get to split. Here's what they get the fucking moneymaker, is they're getting on a cable, that, you know, they're on a, a local network. network they're going to get yep. a ratings boost out the ass just for being on a local network. You got cables harder to do. You yep. know, that's why the, and, they, and that's why it's such a big deal that USA has been doing this episodic Monday Night Rawls for so long, because... We're, you know, we're on cable. These guys are been doing this for so long against the likes of like NBC, uh, you know, CBS, Fox, things like that. That can't stand the test of time, but they have. So I feel like they have the formula. They know what they're doing. 
And the best way to do this is keeping the brand split. It's, it, it, I mean, it's nice because it's pretty much the pay-per-views are four hours. It gives both shows time to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting off at seven pretty much on everything. I'm okay with that. I like that, actually. Yeah. I, we get to see both guys there. It works. Yep. I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. All right, AJ, we're going to take a quick break. I think that you're going to head it back out in the woods with Bigfoot. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, sir. Yep, yeah, Bigfoot's calling my name. Okay, and I think the king's going to slide back in and hit up the last section for our favorite part of the show, Who Says Something Dumb. It's going to be interesting today. Uh, But we'll see what happens. SummerSlam's looking pretty hot, and I think, speaking of hot, you're a... your boy Bigfoot's calling for you. He wants you back in the woods. Yeah, it's smelling like it. I can uh, <laughs> usually when it gets about within a quarter mile, I can smell him. <laughs> we did discuss this, and that was a fact. Well, I know that I could just say it's lucky because you know the definition of lucky is when preparedness and opportunity meets. So, I guess I'm about to prepare always, to get the Bigfoot meat. Always dropping knowledge. Thanks so much for joining me, AJ. Uh, I'm going to send you a bottle. I don't know if you remember back in the day. Uh, I think Y2J and Christian had that nice big bottle of ass cream. I'm going to send it your way. might help you out with your little Bigfoot problem there, buddy. Hey, he's got a Bigfoot, but doesn't mean everything's big. <laughs> All right, and that about sums up. Guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. And now, a reading of the theme song. To G.I. Joe, as read by Enzo Amore. Yo, Joe. They'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. Ah, how you doing? G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro. Ah, fighting to save the day. How you doing? He never gives up. He's always there. Fight for freedom. Over the land of the air. G.I. Joe. A real American hero. G.I. Joe was there. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose is to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will there. G.I. Joe, a real American freaking hero. G.I. Joe, how you doing? Welcome back, and with me now, my OG co-host, if you will, King of Nerds, Mike Forrest. Welcome back to Drive-By, good sir. What's up, my man? Let's get this shit right. I'm sure AJ was all stumbling and bumble-fucking his words and uh, <laughs> doing like, uh, uh... Uh, you know, Seth Rollins, he's fighting Dolph Ziggler, but, uh, uh... Uh, 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 the Scottish guy, I think, uh, he'll be there. 
All right, let's clean. Which women are in that match? Yeah, let's clean this shit up. I know, I know, it was just a mess. So let's clean this shit up. Well, Mike, you're joining me for our favorite segment, and I mean, just should we give it to him the way we always give it to him? No, oh, that, yeah, that's what she said. Um, that is what she said. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Okay, so everybody, it's time for Who Said Something Dumb? All right this this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting, and I'll, I'll ask you: Do you want to go on the offensive first or on the defensive? Do you want to attack or do you want to kind of play? You know, play the good side of the bad guy. How, how everyone will look at it. Who are we talking about? It depends on who we're talking about. Well, do we want to talk about uh, the tweets that were dug up, or do we want to talk about the actual tweets that came out that were just horrendous in the current time? You pick. We'll attack first. Okay. Sweet. So, <laughs> uh, this week we lost, as wrestling fans, I should say, we lost a... Uh, a few superstars, unfortunately, to death. It, it, it does happen. It's never a, f- a good thing to hear about. It's never... I mean, it's sad, man. Especially when it's someone young, like one Grandmaster Sex A himself, Brian Christopher, who is, if you're not aware, Jerry Lawler's son. So, whether you feel that he was a large contributor to pro wrestling, I, I mean... I think if you were a fan of pro wrestling in the time where Too Cool was a thing, you definitely have memories of Scotty Too Hotty, Grandmaster Sexy, and Rikishi dancing in a ring. I mean, it, you at least have that impression. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys that you could say never drew a dollar but kept you glued to the screen. Yeah, absolutely. If that so, makes sense. And I don't mean that in any disrespect. There's lots of guys that never drew a dollar and were awesome. Right. I don't mean that right, in any right. disrespect, but he was the guy that kept you there in between commercials. And that, yep. I think, takes a lot of skill. So New Jack, of ECW fame, tweeted out upon, I guess, I don't know if I want to say hearing this news or this news breaking, tweeted out, Jerry Lawler, now that your son is dead, why don't you go join him, you sorry fuck? Damn... Damn, and, son. And to pow on that, Sabu, I don't know if this was in response. I don't know if this was a separate tweet, because this is kind of lumped together from where I found it. But Sabu says, sweet, I am safe. Wrestlers usually die in threes. Uh, uh, I have different feelings about both these tweets. <laughs> I First of all, Sabu... Um, I think we can set that one off to the side almost. That was an import-taste joke. It was a very import-taste joke. The problem is the tweets that continued, but go ahead. Now, New Jack, what else did Sabu say? Uh, I'll have to look it up. Go ahead and talk about New Jack. Um, New Jack, on the other hand, though, what a fucking piece of shit, huh? Like... But that's what New Jack does, isn't it? Doesn't he just, like, talk shit? Isn't that what he does now? He just goes on, like, kayfabe commentaries and... I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I haven't paid attention to New Jack since ECW folded. the only thing I know about New Jack was, and this is random, because 
New Jack, um, a couple years ago, uh, Kayfabe Commentaries, I kind of got into some of their stuff. I don't know if, you, if you've ever watched any of it, but it, they have this. Like, I have not. I really recommend checking out their, like, they call them, uh, it's, it's called a timeline. They'll get with one wrestler and they'll call it, like, timeline, history WWF timeline 1995. And they'll talk to Kevin Nash, right, about 1995 in WWF and what was going on from his perspective. And they'll talk for about two, three hours about this one year. And you get all kinds of cool stuff. So in the midst of watching this, I got caught up in some Kevin Nash kayfabe commentary uh, interviews just because he's like the best shoot interview ever. And they asked him about New Jack. And basically New Jack came on there one time and was like, just started talking shit about Kevin Nash and about how terrible of a human he was and all this awful shit he did and how he ignored him one time at or how, okay so he tells, tells the story New Jack tells the story about being at this convention and um going up to uh Nash and being like you don't know who I am do you and Nash was like yeah you're New Jack we met at so and so and New Jack was like, wrong, we've never met, you're a fucking liar. Or some weird shit like that, right? So they asked Nash about it. And Nash basically was like, I was at a convention and this dude was staring at me. For like an hour. <laughs> and finally I walked over and was like, we got some kind of problem? And he was like, you don't know who I am, do you? And I was like, you're New Jack. And he was like, yeah, and turned around and walked away. <laughs> And I'm sorry, man, like, I know Kevin Nash has, like, kind of, like, I when you watch this dude's shoot interviews, it's hard not to, like, believe everything he says, because he talks badly about himself as well. Like, at no point does he ever make himself or his friends seem like good people or the victims, right? He's like, we were, we were, we were shitty assholes. Mm-hmm. So I get attentively, but I guess I did some a little bit of research after this, and this is kind of what he does. New Jack just talks shit. He just talks shit about people because he's just hate-filled piece of shit, and that's all the fuck he is. And everybody did him wrong, and the reason he wasn't a star is because everybody else has nothing to do with the fact that the dude had no actual talent or charisma. All he did was throw himself off balconies through tables at people and do like wild shit, try and stab people and like nail gun them and shit, like real world like will murder you things like and it's everyone else's fault man fuck new jack get the fuck out of here okay. dumbass yeah i, I mean it, it, it's ludicrous like you were you were the dude who used to jump off of high things and uh what bring a shopping cart full of crap to hit each other with i, I, I mean you don't and don't come at me and say I'm not saying you. I'm saying specific. Don't come at me and say, "Well, that's what Foley did." Foley had talent. Foley could cut a promo. Foley could wrestle. Foley could tell you a all story. That, all that other shit was just icing on the cake. New Jack had nothing but that shit. It is curious though, to me. Like it makes me wonder, like what Jerry Lawler, what. Uh, imagined or not, like, I'm not gonna full-blown say, like, who knows, man, Jerry Lawler's from the South, dude, he could be racist as hell, you know what I mean? He could have said some low-like yeah. shit to this dude at some point, you know? I have, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not gonna, uh, but 
I'm curious what what like imagined or real slight uh, Jerry Lawler did the new Jack that caused this tweet. Like, there's a story, right? right? Like, New Jack has a story behind this. Whether it's true or not, but, like, New Jack has a fucking story. Like, you don't say some shit like this without there being a fucking story behind it, son. And I want that fucking story. Let's get that interview. (laughs) Let's break down. Let's be that. Let's put it out. New Jack. I'm sorry for everything I just said. Where I called you a piece of shit (laughs) over the last... We're not getting this fucking interview. Not now. Man, I didn't think that one through. <laughs> Should have started with the we want the interview and then ended two weeks after the interview with you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm also trying to look up the Sabu stuff, and, and he actually tweets more than anyone I think I've ever seen, uh, which surprises the shit out of me. He's basically just saying that he was an asshole, which I don't understand. Like, that's fine. But like, who, dude, who, there's a lot of Ryan people. Ryan Christopher was an asshole. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt of that. He looks like an asshole, doesn't he? And, well, and and that's that's all well and good. That being said, I don't dislike anybody in real life enough to say something negative about them when they die. You know what I mean? Especially towards their parent, which is like, like no parent should ever bury a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did Sabu say that directly at his parent though. Well, I mean, it's just, I guess, if it's lumped in with a New Jack tweet, technically, yes. I, if it was something I think he was it just, was just two tweets that were paired together in a picture. Someone it might have been, because I didn't see any ads, but, and that's why I'm trying to research, because I don't want to call things out. Like, but, I really, that was the vibe I got, was that it was just two different tweets on the same day. But it just seems... It just seems in really bad taste. Yeah, I mean, I'm it not is in really bad taste. Like I don't not, think we could even argue that. Look, man, I'm a firm believer that just because someone passed away doesn't mean that you, that you should suddenly think they were a good person, right? There was, no, no. There was, there was a human being. Ah, man, fuck it, right? It's been 20 years. There's this fucking girl that died in a car wreck when I was in high school, right? If anybody that knows mm-hmm. me or went to high school with me listened to this, which they don't other than AJ, but it was before AJ was in high school, right? Uh, she fucking died in a car wreck, right? I thought this girl was like the biggest fucking cunt ever. She was full of fucking drama. She liked to like making fun of people and making people's lives miserable. She fucking was always like spreading fucking false rumors creating false rumors she was a horrible fucking person man she's a horrible fucking person <laughs> but shortly after she passed away i ended up dating uh her best friend's little sister and mm-hmm. i also kind of somewhat like hung out in the same group of friends as this actual girl's little sister so i decided to keep my mouth shut on it and it always like infuriated me when everyone would be like she was such a nice girl no she wasn't Man, she was a fucking bitch. She was a raggedy fuck. I don't know. I can say she was a raggedy bitch, man. That's wrong. But she was a bitch, dude. She was. She just was. And like, I always hated that I had to fucking bite my tongue on that. But here we are, twenty years later. I don't even talk to these fucking people. This woman, this chick, was a bitch. So like, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, all of a sudden someone passed. Like I had an uncle, man, who passed away. Dude was a drunk, alcoholic, drug addict, piece of shit. 
I've never fucking said anything other than that about him. Just because people die, right. man, it doesn't mean you have to. But you should have some taste about it. You know what I'm saying? Well, have some I fucking taste. Don't tweet. Don't tweet. Maybe was the better option here. I think that's the line, man. I, I think the idea, at least the way I take it, is like I don't. They don't like him. They don't like Jerry Lawler. They don't like Brian Christopher. I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't know personally what there could be there, and honestly, I don't care. But the way I look at it is, somebody just lost a family member. It's really, I, I mean, let me say it this way. There's a reason that those two are nobodies now, why Sabu has to have a GoFundMe to get his hips paid for, and a correlation between what they're saying on social media. I mean, I mean, with New Jack, it's a talent thing, but obviously... There's bad blood, whatever, and these aren't the kind of guys that are going to keep their mouth shut or even be remotely tactful. No, I mean, I, I, these aren't the guys, I wasn't surprised that either you guys said some dumb shit, but, yeah, I, I guess tactful, that was the good word. Right. They're just like, <laughs> you just could have not said anything. You could have just, you could have even just been like, I don't know, man. I get it. Like, I, I, I don't get it, I guess. Like, I get... I I want to know what someone has to do to make you hate them so bad that in death you have, you, to, be, you you have to be like, you have to be like, yeah, that motherfucker died. Good. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no one in my life that I dislike nope. enough that I could be like, man, I'm glad that motherfucker died. I'm with you on that, my man. A lot of people I don't necessarily like. No one to that level. That's some hate that controls your life. <laughs> I think they need a meeting with uh, maybe Jinder Mahal and he could teach him how to shante, shante, and calm down. I mean, something. That's some next-level hate, man. It really is. It really is. It really is. Well, especially, Mike, when we're living in a very weird, awkward time when it comes to social media and things that people put on social media, which actually takes us to the next part of this conversation. So, I mean, if you listen to this show, you know that both Mike and I are huge nerds, and one thing we love is comic books. And what was it, about two weeks ago, uh, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxies, Volume 1 and 2, was fired by Disney because somebody dug up some, like, 10, 12-year-old tweets where he was, in his words, making jokes. And it was Hilarious involving... Tweet. Hilarious jokes, mind you. I want to say... <laughs> involving pedophilia and kind of I did see, the you way I took it is is he was actually using humor to attack a very bad thing that goes on in Hollywood wouldn't you take it that way yeah I would but I also kind of just took it as fucking jokes just to, like even just as jokes dude I thought this did you see his um his jack loose joke I, I saw a bunch, but dude, there were dude, so many. There was this joke where he was like, got an idea for a movie called Jack Loose. It's about a boy who moves to a town where no one is allowed to jack off, so he has to jack off in front of all the kids to teach them how. 
And I was like <laughs> dying laughing at that shit for like 10 minutes, man. Jack loose. Like, like that's a hilarious riff on Footloose. Just for like a like a quick like joke for what it was. Right. So of course because he's literally I mean, no obviously nobody thinks that's serious. No. And no one is like if did really did anyone read that and was like this dude's really got a script for this. We can't let and this wants get to released. See little kids jack off. Like that's not what he was saying. So we're going to roll this into two superstars from WWE who are now on the, uh, I don't, what are we calling these, Twitter dig dogs? Like, we're digging for gold here, Fuck, guys. man, it's like they almost took the, the, like, yeah, I guess. I just don't understand this. And, and, and I will read you the tweets that got them in hot water from, uh, we'll go from the first one, which was in 2011, Ty Dillinger replying to two people probably personal friends of his i'm just guessing that say it's not rape if they're sleeping and cedric alexander from 2012 it's not rape if you yell surprise which is actually a joke from it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah it's not it's um it's that's like yeah it's been a joke for fucking years man it's not it's called it's called it's called surprise sex um, yeah, <laughs> and I know you said you had a lot to talk about on this, so I'll go ahead and let you just take the reins right now because both have since apologized. My whole thing is I even this whole digging up people's tweets from you know six, ten years ago. But go ahead, Mike. Go ahead and take I, the lead. My ultimate goal in life for this, Mike. Now, now this aside. My ultimate goal in life for this, what we do here, it used to be, like, that we could somehow pay some bills with it, right? Right. My ultimate goal now is to become big enough so that someone digs up my old social media. Because I'm going to let y'all know this. When I made So my, we can lose everything? When I made MySpace, I made MySpace and I put the wrong fucking email address in. And I was never able to close it out. So I still have an active MySpace out there. And guess what? Ooh. Me in 2004, 5, 6, 6 I guess, 5, 6, uh, was a fucking disgusting human being. Uh, and I was <laughs> all the way up until roughly 2013 when I met my wife. Um... <laughs> So my ultimate goal for us now is to be big enough so that people can like dig up my old social media. Me on Twitter in 2011 was fucking ruthless, son. Me on Twitter in 2012 was even worse because I was dead inside. I had just gone through a terrible breakup. Dead inside. Dead. Dead, son. Dead inside. Was saying horrible things to women about women. It was awful, right? I want someone to dig that shit up. So that they can like put it online, and then motherfuckers are gonna come ask me about it, and I'm gonna be, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, so, so what, man? You don't. This is. Does anyone think Cedric Alexander raped someone? No. Does anyone think Ty Dillinger raped anyone? No. No, right? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, ten years ago, you could make rape jokes. Ten years ago, rape jokes were like hilarious they were fucking everywhere 10 years ago 6 years ago 5 years ago 
toxic masculinity didn't start to become like not cool until like 2013 2014 this is a recent thing people like let's quit acting like toxic masculinity wasn't applauded from like i mean fucking forever we had that brief period in the 90s there where it was like grunge and like being like a little pussy was like cool <laughs> but then by the end of the 2000s we got right back to limp biscuit breaking stuff trying to get the nookie toxic masculinity was what sold records toxic masculinity was what made the rock a fucking movie star because guess what he came from the dirtiest period of wrestling toxic masculinity was in in vogue like you can't just like make something this would be like coming at us now and being like you motherfuckers wore jenko jeans you should be ridiculed for it well fuck man the motherfuckers before that were wearing fucking spandex the motherfuckers before that were wearing bell bottoms why are we not crucifying fucking everyone like get the fuck right. out of here, man! Like, well, and that's like, the thing. Uh, like, for you, one, like you can make jokes in your youth and think things are funny. That, like, I'll be honest with you, I got a fucking repertoire of rape and dead baby jokes and raping dead baby <laughs> jokes. Like, just it's what it is, man. I was in the army, man. Dead baby jokes in the army are fucking currency. If you got a dead baby joke in the army that a motherfucker ain't heard yet, you can get whatever you want for it. You could like get your dick sucked for it. Literally, it'd be a by another dude, so depending on how you feel about that, like, you know. <laughs> but, like, you could probably also get, like, a Powerade and a pack of smokes. Okay? So, like, that option is there as well. Um, just saying. Um, uh, depending on how lonely you've been. Um, so there are places where, like, horrible jokes. I, I'll be honest, when the James Gunn shit happened. Uh, I'm in a, a group on Facebook. It's a little, like, nerd thing. And I was defending him. I was like, look, man, like, here's the thing. Even if you don't find what he f- said funny or what Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander said funny, you don't get to dictate what is comedy to someone else. Bro, that's my thing. Humor is subjective. And here's the uh, – it's subjective and – I personally don't find uh, who's the big girl comedian bigger Melissa McCarthy right mm, yes 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 I yes. don't particularly find her funny right um, when she's being clean when she's allowed to be full-blown dirty, I think she's hilarious. That's maybe not a, a good thing. Amy Schumer. Wow, man, I wish I didn't have to keep coming up with women. You know I said Amy <laughs> Schumer was because I thought of Melissa McCarthy, and I was like, no, man, I think she's funny when she's allowed to be herself. Amy Schumer I don't think is funny. And she's like the male Dane Cook to me. I just don't think they're funny, right? Um, right. But, I, but like, I would never be like, this isn't comedy. It makes people laugh. Right. Okay, it's funny. It's like ICP. I think they make shitty music, but like it's music. People enjoy it. Clearly, there's some value to it. And you just don't get to dictate like what is fucking comedy. You don't get to dictate what other people laugh at. Quit trying to tell me what to laugh at. My sense of humor is fucked up, obviously, if anyone listens to this show. The numerous times (laughs) I've made mention of autoerotic asphyxiation alone um, should allow you to know which P.S., if you're going to hang yourself while masturbating, let someone know so they can come check on you. 
Um, don't, don't, don't die like David Carradine. We lost the great people. Like, don't, like, let that be a lesson. So, uh, obviously, I'm, like, I like fucked up shit. And it's not cool for you to tell me I can't like fucked up shit. And it's not cool for you to tell me that for making jokes like this, I'm a a fucking pedophile, right? It's not cool. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. That's especially not cool. Like, that's even, like, less cool than saying this isn't funny like now you see and that's the other thing people are putting on this guy they're calling him a fucking pedophile i got called a pedophile for liking this i got told something terrible must have happened to me in childhood guess what my childhood was fucking tits McAllister. it was awesome man i was like an only child for a really long time i got like everything i wanted like i was super happy like everyone fucking adored me and loved me i was the center of attention it was the shit right like my only complaint about childhood was that my mom told me i could only have one video game system at a time and that's horseshit because all my other friends who had fucking divorced parents had every video game system you could have uh that was the only thing that i didn't think was fair is that i wasn't as well taken care of as my other friends with divorced parents they seemed to get let me interrupt you for a second I had parents that are still married, and I was only able to have one system at a time as well, so... Like, every friend I had had a a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, and a Sega. I had to give my Nintendo away when I bought a Super Nintendo. Mind you, I said fucking bought. I bought it. Um, Wow. No, my grandparents got that Now that's a little extreme. No, my grandparents got that But I had to give my cousins my Nintendo, and I was not allowed to have a Sega. And hmm. I loved video games. What kind of dick shit's that? That's some bullshit. I'm still <laughs> mad about that. Meanwhile, my brother had like six fucking video game systems. He got everything, man. He fucking... Anyway, so it's not okay for you to tell me I'm a fucking... I, so in this group, I get told I'm a fucking pedophile and had shit happen to me when I was a child. And I'm the scum of the earth. And my mother... Oh, I bet your mother's so proud... My mother is. My mother's like uh, fucking a doting. I'm clearly her favorite child. Like she makes no fucking bones about that. Um, everyone loves me, uh, and it's awesome. My family's supportive as hell. They think I'm all fucked up, and they think it's funny. Like they're like, "That's awesome. <laughs> we did a really good job with him. He's weird and funny." Um, so yeah, my mom was proud of me. So like you know, I had to resort to just basically just saying dead baby jokes over and over. Until the moderator of this group was just like, dude, chill with the fucking dead baby jokes. Jesus. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. How does that make, if they're calling you a pedophile for defending someone for making jokes, how does that make them any better? Now they're calling you something and they have no knowledge of you at all. Yeah, man, because like I was like, okay, this dude's jokes about like little kids touching him is pretty funny. And this is the slippery slope that we're on in a society right now. And, I mean, the whole digging up things from people's past. Now, both Ty and uh, Cedric have apologized. See, I wouldn't uh, Ty apologize. Said, if I was a celebrity well, and shit like this got called on me, I would not apologize. I yeah, just would but not. I, think, I would say, I'm sorry you're offended. Well, let me let me see. This is Dillinger's apology. I have no excuse for my old tweets. I was a different person six years ago, and I'm beyond ashamed of what I considered humor. I don't think he is, but that's okay. I'm so damn embarrassed and truly sorry to anyone I have offended. Now, Cedric's is a little different, and I like his a little better. 
Six years ago, I found humor in bad jokes. At the time, it was a harmless joke between friends. In those six years, I've become a father, husband, and grown into a much different man. I have offended and hurt many with my past, and for that I am deeply sorry and apologize for my actions. But here's the thing, man. He's even saying it right there. He's a different person six years ago. Fuck Things changed in his life. And I, as I told you before, when my wife found my Twitter account before we were married, she was like, who the hell are you? She literally said that. Because I was a monster on Twitter. I've since scrubbed Twitter, it and deleted it because Twitter, of this shit happening. Twitter was... Look, man. That's what Twitter was. Look, man, Twitter was the Wild West, bro. Yes. Twitter in 2010. Let's talk about Twitter in 2010, right? And 2011. It was like your parents were on Facebook now. Facebook used to be the place you could go post pictures as you getting all shitty fucking passed out, throwing up behind the garage and shit, and like cracking. And now your parents are there, right? And you can't. That shit's gone. It's done. It used to be this place for like kids, and it's done, gone. And then Twitter came back, and Twitter didn't give a fuck. Facebook had rules. Twitter didn't give a fuck. Twitter was the wild yep. west of social media. And you could yep. say and do whatever you fucking wanted there, man. It was like and it was like Westworld, except you could not fuck robots. And let's and let's be honest, and let's be honest, the more offensive, the more what's the word I'm looking for? Dude. The more outlandish you were. The, the more followers you got, the more re- retweets you got, everything. Dude, I had a buddy... That was they, almost, like, the point of it. I had a buddy used to call it weird internet. He'd be like, I'm getting those weird internet followers, man. He's like, you gotta start mm-hmm. getting... Yes, and the more outrageous and random and weird shit that you could say, and the weirdest... Fo- if you could get weird followers, also, like, it wasn't so much about celebrities, it was about weird celebrities. If you could get, like... The dude that swallowed swords on America's Got Talent, uh, Giorgio T. Sukulis from uh, Ancient Aliens, and a male porn star to follow you, you were like, fuck yeah, I've made it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like it was weird. Twitter was, like, insane. And the, you're right, man. The weirder and more, like, crazy shit you said, people just ate it up. And... and Everybody should not be demonized for that, man. I agree. And and like I said, it was a different time. You know, even in the time that these guys sent these tweets and today, it's a different time, man. The the Me Too movement started. Tucker Max was Uh, famous at this point in time. Yes. Tucker fucking Max. If you don't know who Tucker Max is, Google this dude. Like, he is the ultimate piece of shit. And he, like... Made millions of dollars on being a piece of shit and writing books about being a piece of shit and doing horrible piece of shit things to people and specifically fucking women. And he was like the coolest dude in the world for like three years. (laughs) Yeah, and and I mean, legit, like, it's just, to me, I think we have this, we just have this different standard now. So, like, if you can't crucify people, like, I don't think Ty Dillinger and Cedric Alexander are, are in fear for their jobs at this moment in time. I just don't think that. I also don't think they're rapists. I also 100% don't think they're rapists. Now, I see, like, I mean, how many times, like, I know people that have made jokes about all kinds of different things, and that doesn't make them what they're joking about. You know, I, I've heard people make jokes about 
murders and they're, they're not murderers. You know what I mean? Like you can't associate humor with what somebody is. You just have to understand people have different sense of humor. Now you could be offended by it. Great. That's your right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right on. These guys, these guys had a right to say it. They, you know, then took responsibility of it, even though it was years ago, they apologized. Whether they were wholehearted about it or not, I don't even care. If they did it to save face so the company was happy with them, I understand that. I don't know. It seemed like they were just kind of trying to get ahead of it. Probably, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Right on. I thought right on. When I saw their tweets, I was like, right on. Way to get ahead of it. Yeah, and especially because, I mean, they're in this weird position. This is, I mean, I almost can relate this to the page sex people sex tape leak you know everyone was saying like not everyone but there are actually people saying that she should be fired over it and how they won't recognize china but they'll let page keep working well china did a freaking porno and page has something stolen and released it's kind of it's not the same but it's very similar because big difference between getting paid to fuck like nine dudes dressed like wrestler (laughs) by the way yeah by the way yeah one of those dudes uh, dressed like Triple H. Can we talk mm-hmm. about how fucking weird it is that in the midst of this gangbang, a dude stepped up portraying her ex-boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. So there's a big difference between that and someone, like, invading your privacy. Right, right. And now, to be fair, these were public tweets, and I get that. But what I'm saying is people dug for these from six, five, six, seven years ago. You know, people dug for, you know, hacked information to get Paige's private videos. Like, we're like putting people on blast for things that they either did in the past and haven't acted that way forever or did privately and we're just showing the world without their freaking consent and we're trying to make them as the bad guys and I just don't understand why we're doing that. Now, what we talked about earlier, that was today, that was current, that was in the society and temperature we're in, and you're going to make fun of someone for their son dying or for dying themselves, and I think that's ridiculous. And I think, especially, what re- what's that saying? Like, read the room, sensei? Like, come on. This is not the time or place for that, right? Definitely not. Here's the thing, man. Wait it out, even. If you feel, st- if like, okay. If you feel so strongly to talk shit about this dude, like <laughs> post mortem, fucking wait it out, man. Wait it out and mull it over. And I'm not saying change your mind, but like come up with better material than what you had. Something, man. Something. Well, I mean, I guess when it comes down to Mike, we're all kind of adjusting to the new, the new. I don't even want to say America, just the new world and, and social media. Uh, would you say? Would you say it's a all the repercussions? Would you say it's a new world order? Ooh, would I say it's a new world order? I don't. I don't. I'm, I asked you, motherfucker. <laughs> well, it could soon be. <laughs> I then, think then I'm then of... I'm all in. This is this is not a political podcast, but there's a lot of moving parts, brother. And the new world order may be here before we know it. And we ain't talking Hulk Hogan. You know, speaking of new world order, I posted my we- <laughs> I posted my wedding video. It got re okay. When I posted my wedding video, I'm friends on Facebook with a guy named John Canton. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I recommend sending him a friend request if you're not. Um, 
he used to write for What Culture and some other uh, online sources. He started his own thing called uh, The John Report. It's really good shit, man. They do a podcast regularly. I don't listen to it enough. But he's a really funny guy. Uh, he interacts with fans a lot on Facebook. Great guy. But when I posted it, he reposted it to his page. And this year, when it came up on the anniversary of it, he reposted it again. And a guy left a comment and was like, Surprise the preacher. Let the New World Order symbol be shown in his church. And I was just like, man, come on. <laughs> like, really? Like, I get it, man. Like, I grew up in church. Like, when the NWO was the first became a thing, my mom was, like, sketchy as hell about it, right? Um, Very, very churchy family I come from. Uh, I know everyone's like... A little shocked right what? now. A little shocked right now because I am horrible. But um, just because I got like a weird sense of humor and I curse incessantly. Um, <laughs> please don't take that to think that I'm not like a God-fearing, like hardworking human being outside of here. Um, but with that said, uh, so like. I was just like, dude, man, really? Like, really? Like, chill, dude. The preacher's the one that hit play on the YouTube video, man. Like, <laughs> calm down. So, uh, yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Oh, that's a whole different topic for a show that's that we'll probably never actually do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We will that's... literally never, ever do. Ever. That's something I don't ever completely want to talk about politics ever, ever, no, ever, it's ever. Just, ever. It's really, 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 really just not worth it. But man, I, I like I said, I think just to wrap it up, man, we just got to figure out how we live in this new social media world and what's what right, what's wrong. But best thing is you got to take temperature of the room and let's stop digging up things that are ten five, ten years old, and just remember that not everybody's the same person they were then. Uh, and they shouldn't be held accountable. Look, I'm not... Look, I'm not gonna say you shouldn't be held accountable for things you did six years ago, because, like, there's... Yeah, if you kill someone, you should definitely be held accountable for that, you know what I mean? Like, but, like, making <laughs> an off-color joke, like, you shouldn't be held accountable. Yeah, that there's a big like, difference. Like, unless you... Big. Unless you full-blown... Like, I can't defend you saying the N-word, right? Right. That's it. That's about it, right? If you say the N-word, I can't defend you. Like, you fucked up. Like, idiot. Um, but pretty much anything outside of that, like, man, it's a joke. Chill. I agree. I agree. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, coming back on to our show. This is a little special split up edition we had to do a little bit of different things with recording because we all had so much shit going on this week but it was great to get to talk to each of you get a different perspectives a little bit of current product a little bit of just current social times man yeah did you guys talk, and, uh, guys talk a little SummerSlam on here a little SummerSlam you have to check it yeah, out I think you will enjoy that. it look forward to hearing that yes all yes right. yes yes but other than that man you got anything else you want to tell these people that's not related to a show that I'm not going to do Oh, no, actually, I don't, because it's related to two shows that you're definitely doing. Uh, one, hmm. uh, shooting at the mothership. 
comprehensive review. WCW <laughs> Saturday Night, home of the mothership here on TBS, 6 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, baby, with our own shooter and its sister show, uh, Feeling the Burn, in-depth dissection, WWF Slashy, Sunday Night Heat, featuring our very own shooter. Both shows coming soon. Yep, 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 yep. Well, keep your eyes peeled for that, folks. I'm sure it'll show up anytime. Confirmation, Guys. you heard it. It's going to show up anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Guys, Guys. by the way, um, (laughs) I will be playing uh, WWE 2K18 on PS4 tonight. Uh, There you go. If anyone wants to join in, that's not going to matter because you're going to hear this show tomorrow. (laughs) You're totally right on that. So. Guess they'll be SOL. Yeah, because I'm taking it back to Redbox tomorrow. Oh, there you go. All right, guys. Hey, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks for nothing. You're dismissed. Bye-bye. <laughs>